Okay, hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Every Mom Needs a Friend. Hope you're having a great day wherever you are and whatever you're doing. So for today's episode, this is more of a, you know, you could say this is what I have found thus far or a learn from my mistakes episode. And that's me sitting here very humbly saying I am a 31-year-old woman who has not lived that much life, but has done some things and has learned a couple things. So it's really just me talking this out with you as a friend. And uh, I have to say, I hope I'm not alone in this, but if I am, shame on me even more. But I just feel like I have had so many times in my life where I am improperly prioritizing things and giving my whole heart and energy to things that just aren't life-giving. And over the last almost, you could call it nine years of marriage, I can say that there has been times where certain things has really sucked me dry emotionally or physically and truly has felt like I have left the bank really empty for the people and things that should be really more important. So as I've moved and had so many transitions, like even specifically in the last four years, I really had no choice but to reflect on where I'm expending my energy units. And so today I dive into kind of a current assessment of how I break up my day and how I place, you could call them guardrails around certain things that are super important to me and Christopher. So before I release you into the episode, I I think I just wanted to try to preemptively explain some things because I wanted you to go into the episode kind of having like a first couple steps to make you feel like you know what's going on and what I'm talking about. So let me say, first off, I have arbitrarily decided that you, me, everybody has 10 energy units in a day. But you can really think of this as a percentage or like a pie chart or if like a full cup in the morning, whatever way is best for you to understand that basically your day is full of decisions and circumstances and those lead to life giving or expending results. And to jump to the very end, I really believe that there is no way on this side of glory to go through your day without expending energy units. So it's best to be self-aware of who you are and what your environment is like and really how to be the best version of yourself as you go about it. But okay, so before I basically give a mini episode and I get on my soapbox, let me just go ahead and say, I hope you enjoy this episode and let me know on Instagram your thoughts because I'd love to hear them. Okay, so I have been sitting on this one. You could say this one's been in the bank for a while. I have just had this thought, and I've thought about it a lot. I've thought about it for many years, probably because a guy that I used to work with talked to me through why and where I'm spending my energy units. So let's start with what it is when I say energy units, like how you spend them. So if you think of your day as a grouping of energy units where some tasks and some things expend more and some expend less and some give you energy. So like taking care of kids or going to work, you know, just think about the things that fill your cup and re-energizes you and the things that expend your energy. And I think about what does the world say about how you should spend this? Like what should you be doing with your time? I personally think the world is, I mean selfish. And from what I've gathered in parenting is that selfishness gets really old really quick when you have sweet little ones to care for. I mean, I just think that in marriage and in parenting, all of your sins get exposed. And so if you are going to be selfish with your time, if you are going to be selfish with your needs, then you're going to have to deal with that. And that could be in repercussions through kids or repercussions through marriage. And I guess that's like kind of heavy to say out loud, but 
I just really think about it because as a stay-at-home mom, I still need to have identity that is just Anna. And, um, you know, my job, though, is to take care of these kids. And I've even had friends who've gone so far to, like, really quantify the price at which they are doing childcare. So if basically their family hired themselves to take care of their children, (laughs) how much would they pay themselves? And I had a recent guest on, Mallory, who talked about how expensive childcare is, and it is expensive. And so when you stay at home with your kids, you are saving money, quote unquote. Obviously, you're not bringing in money. I digress. I really feel like I'm going in a tangent here. But that being said, so when you think about how your day is spent, there's this time period as a stay-at-home mom where I'm at home with the kids or I am shuttling kids to and from whatever. And that's my job. That is a part of my job responsibility. But also I am still a human who has energy units that has needs and wants to do with my day. And so it's just so much less tangible when you're a stay-at-home mom. Because when you're at work, you have objectives, you have deadlines, you have typically a job description that talks through how you should spend your day, how you should break up your day, what percentage of your time goes to this, how you should be rewarded based on time. What areas are you going to be looked at on success and failure? And just it's just not that clean when you're a stay-at-home mom. And so Christopher and I have had this talk and we want so badly for time to be spent well, but then also we enjoy our mornings and we enjoy our evenings together. And so making sure that we leave very intentional time for each other has been important in our marriage to not just feel like we are roommates living side by side. And so this colleague of mine that originally brought up the idea of energy units, basically, I don't know if he decided this or if this is like actually based on any study, but if you think of your day in 10 energy units, so you have 10 expendable units in a day, my day is as such. So I spend one energy unit working out in the morning and then another energy unit in the morning with Christopher having time before the girls get up, during the girls being up. But we take that time to have coffee, devotion, and really just focus on, you know, having adult conversation before the girls get up. Now, I will say I'm expending an energy unit, but this is also a way for me to gain an energy unit. And when we don't have this time together, I definitely feel like my day is drastically different. And so you could say that that time is both expending a unit, but also gaining a unit. So moot point. And then during the day, daytime with the girls, I would say that it's about seven of my energy units. And believe me, y'all, I've had time to like sit and think about this. Like, how would I actually quantify how I spend my units? But I also believe that it is also so uplifting and lovely to get to spend time with my girls too. Even on the worst days, I still am so thankful that this is my life. So even though I'm expending, you could say seven, I'm also gaining one. And then at night, Christopher and I really try to do something just for us and If that's with the girls or if that's after the girls go to bed, um, getting to watch a movie together or getting to have that last glass of wine, it's whatever would be to make it feel like we finish the day together as well. And so I don't know if you were following along, but um, so that basically equals 10 energy units being expended in a day. And again, I'm having time to sit and think about this and really figure out what the percentage is. So 
I'm not saying this is the right percentage, but how it's working for me right now is 10% of my day is for me, 10% of my day is for Jesus, 10% of my day is for Christopher, and 70% of my day is for my girls. And keep in mind, that's if I'm operating at peak capacity. So like, sickness, being in a funk, having a scuttle with my sweet husband, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These exert energy units before I even get out of bed. And, you know, I think it's biblical that you shouldn't, you know, go to sleep with, you know, meanness in your tone or (laughs) that's clearly not the Bible verse, but basically you shouldn't leave a fight overnight. And I won't say that as we've gotten older, we have these like week-long fights like we did when we were younger and gosh, life was so simple, but we decided to just hang on to things so much longer. Yes, I feel like we are fighting significantly less, but, you know, there's just some times when you feel like you've ended and resolved the conflict, and then in the morning, you still got that hangover from that scuttle. You know what I mean? So before I even wake up, as I'm getting out of bed, I'm already maybe at a negative. Maybe I'm only working with nine energy units that day. And then I also think on the other side of the coin, if you're building good habits, you in this consistency can make certain tasks less straining. So when I first had to get up in the morning to work out, because I've realized that if I'm going to work out, I need to do it first thing in the morning and I got to do it before the girls wake up. That was really difficult for me to get up and waste time that I could be sleeping. Additionally, to wake up even earlier so that Christopher and I can have time together before the girls get up, that used to exert so much energy. I don't know if that would be double the energy or whatever I would call it, but through consistency, I feel like this has been less training and if anything, more life-giving. And so I've been thankful that that has been the order of my day and it doesn't take as much out of me, if that makes sense. And I, I'm so sorry to beat this dead horse, but I've talked about this before and I'm talking about it now, but I do not get stimulated. It doesn't stimulate my adult brain by doing all the kid activities. I do enjoy my kids. Obviously, I feel like I have to preface that, but I will say that it has been a learning experience for me to figure out what my day looks like and what am I going to do during, let's say, nap time or errand time to make sure that I'm not feeling like at the end of the day, I don't have any energy units for my husband and I'm going to bed in the dumps, if that makes sense. And on another point, what I've learned is actually shocked about this is that your body totally adapts. Like when I am going to have this baby in October, I am going to operate on far less sleep than I am operating with right now. So if I have a bad night of sleep right now, Ellie gets up or Kate gets up. Yeah, it's going to spill over into my next day, even if it's just like Ellie getting up once or twice. But then with a newborn, I'm going to be getting up several times a night and you just learn to deal with it and your body adapts. But obviously being self-aware, having communication set in place and so you can communicate to your partner, communicate to your kids what you need and how to move through your day as a collective group. That's just really important and really good to kind of create now so that in the times when life isn't as sweet and easy, those systems are already in place. And Christopher and I have talked about that and we're both very positive people, but we've gone through these funks and it's clear to know that we're in a funk because we become so negative. We're not negative people, but Christopher loves his job. And when he chooses to let me know the first thing out of his mouth, oh, it's been a tough day. I've had all these meetings, blah, blah, blah. That is not typical Christopher. And that's also maybe not the best way to phrase it. You know, I learned long ago in 
my sorority, and I'm sure this is a common practice in all sororities, and if not just a common practice like in life, that you should really PCP almost everything. And what I mean when I say that is pro con pro. So say you have a hard thing. Say Christopher says, you know, I was back to back to back meetings. Why doesn't he start by saying which meeting was his favorite meeting of the day? Then say, yet I had to do these back-to-back-to-back meetings and end the statement with, but I'm so happy to be home. How was your day? It's a great way to kind of take that negative thing, but sandwich it between things that are actually super positive. And if you don't retrain your brain to focus on the positive, you're just going to be like a negative Nancy. And not really to throw Christopher under the bus, it's actually mostly me. I love being a stay-at-home mom. It is such a joy and a privilege of mine, but I have bad days. I have days where the girls are super draining. And it's made me think about the fact that, you know, having littles at home is so physically draining and I have all these big changes. So that's emotionally draining. But then it makes me think having older kids is super emotionally draining and being older is just going to be physically draining myself. So I'm going to need to start learning the tools to deal with whatever cards I've been handed right now and live my life and not always be moving to the next thing or reminiscing on the past. And this whole idea of retraining your brain or like thinking of your brain as a muscle, I really dug into this and I rarely do this in this podcast, but as I've wanted to hone in on what this idea of energy units and being conscious about this, I thought, well, what are like any studies that support this, don't support it, whatever. And I did find this one study. So it was by this doctor, Dr. Andrew Newberg. He's a neuroscientist at Thomas Jefferson University. And him, along with Mark Robert Waldman, which is a communications expert, they collaborated on this book called Words Can Change Your Brain. And in it, they write, a single word has a power to influence the expression of genes that regulate physical and emotional stress. They go on to talk about that when we use words filled with positivity, like love and peace, we can actually alter how our brain functions by increasing the cognitive reasoning and strengthening areas in our frontal lobes. So using positive words more often than negative ones can actually kickstart the motivational centers of the brain, propelling them into action. Okay, again, on the opposite side, Side of the spectrum, when we use negative words, we are preventing certain neurochemicals from being produced, which contribute to stress management. So each and every one of us are initially hardwired to worry, and it's how our primal brain protects us from dangerous situations. And so several episodes ago, probably like 10 episodes ago at this point, I talked about how when I attended the IF gathering, there was a doctor there who spoke about how it's far harder to encode moments of joy in your brain than it is to encode moments of suffering. And it's just horrible that that is true. And and so when I think about the authors that I mentioned earlier and then the doctor that I just spoke about, they talk about how we allow negative words and concepts to fill our brain. We're actually tapping into our brain's fear center and stress-producing hormones, and they, they flood our system. And what happens is our logic and our reasoning abilities, they actually get debilitated. And this, unfortunately, in turn, changes our perception of ourselves and the people we interact with. So like a positive view of yourself will bias you towards seeing the good in others, whereas if you have a negative self-image, it will make you be more suspicious, make you have more doubt. And you might be asking yourself, so I kind of am, 
how does this connect to energy units? So this connects to energy units because I just truly believe we are all made very specifically and intentionally and uniquely, and we have a full desire for purpose. And so if you're not self-aware, if you don't have the self-awareness of your needs and how to spend your energy units, you will have like the feeling of disorder and chaos, and you won't be able to function at your peak capacity. And I believe we all should try to function at our peak capacity. And I say this, though, knowing we're just all works in progress. So if we can learn how to function, then we'll have higher success rates. And that's going to look differently for all of us, each of us. And the best thing we can do is know that I hate to say it like this because it sounds so like crunchy granola, but like we're all on a journey. We're all working through this. It is not going to be helpful for you if you start judging where someone else is in their progress. And the best thing you can do is figure out how you can co-partner with them in their successes. And so if it's being empathetic because you were there or if it's asking for help because they might be a step ahead of you, it's all going to be helpful. And I want to just be clear. I'm not speaking today from a sense of I got this. I'm good. Y'all should actually come to me because I know what I'm saying. I don't. This is Anna, a fallible human being, talking about some things I've learned, but really trying to just pinpoint ways I want to be better. So instead of thinking of me like on the other side of the table talking to you, think of me on the same side of the table, like looking out as we go, like, what are we doing? How are we going to do this? Like, if you're a mom, like, how are you going to do this? Like, do you feel like you're screwing your kids up? Because I do all the time. And I want grace and I want help, but I also want to feel empowered and feel strengthened. And I want to constantly remind myself that I am equipped to do this and be these sweet kiddos mom. And I am fortunate enough to have this sweet husband who is working alongside of me. So yeah, I could sit there and go, these days are really hard, but I could also go, thank you so much for these days, Lord. And again, that's all. I'm not trying to speak from a holier than thou place, but really from a place of like, I got you, sister. I get it. So hear me out, love me through it. (laughs) Okay, yes, please love me through it. If that's not my overarching feeling about this podcast, then I just don't know what is. Okay, so what did y'all think of that episode? It's definitely less of the storytelling Anna and more of the like mentor Anna, which makes me feel a little comfy, to be honest. But I also have to say that I feel like I can be an advocate for my mama friends, for you out there. You know, those of you who are listening and you know that being a mom is hard and it's hard outside of the added pressure we put on ourselves, but darn it, we do put this pressure on ourselves. At least I will say I put this stigma on myself that since my job is to be at home with the kids, that I have to be working all the time. Like there should never be laundry or a dirty dish. But in reality, my findings through this and being aware is that stay-at-home moms are just like functioning adults who don't succeed if they don't take time to re-energize the way they specifically do. Like, shoot, I, w- I kind of want to play devil's advocate here, which side note, honestly, y'all, that is like the worst saying. But anyway, to play the other side of the coin, I want to charge each of you moms to remember that these years are super tiring. They are. But technically, you only have like 18 years to get through with these little people and living in your house, making memories, working through these issues and teaching them how to honestly successfully launch when they're 18. So yes, this is a trying season, but it is so worth it. And keep in mind that it's not going to be forever. Like if we think about marriage, yes, you'll be refining your relationship with your partner 
in close proximity forever. But these kiddos, you are not going to, Lord willing, live with them forever. So soak it up. But with that being behind me, I have to say there's some cliff note extra thoughts that I had written down because I just feel like I didn't get into it in the episode and I didn't want this episode to be like an hour long episode. So let me just run through these real quick. Number one, not giving things power. Some things don't need to be as energy exerting as they are, like toxic people. Toxic people in your life, do not give them the energy. I will also say for me personally, calling myself out, extra worry about the future, why do it? I always worry, where am I gonna live? Am I gonna live in Seattle forever? Where am I gonna raise my kids? Am I gonna raise my kids in Seattle? Am I gonna be away from my mom forever? I don't know. I have to say there's a difference between being aware and worrying just gonna leave that there. Okay, second, I feel like I kind of threw out that the girls expend seven units or 70% of my day, but if you have a child with special needs or if you have like multiples like twins or Irish twins, then you might be expending more throughout your day. So don't take my seven and think that, oh, this is the benchmark. This is what is right. It's It might not be. It might not be for you. And I guess I'm just trying to say that each parent is gonna parent differently and each family is gonna be different and each kid is gonna be different. So your number is gonna be different for you. Okay, last point. I want you to be aware of your social battery. Do you know what I mean when I say that? I just feel like this is a catchphrase that I'm hearing online a lot recently, but let me explain really quickly. It's just basically the idea that if you think of your ability to be social, it would be represented in a fully charged battery. And so different people will expend their battery at different speeds and through different situations. It could be just as clear as like extroverted and introverted, but I actually feel like it's a little more nuanced to include things like group size, what's going on in your marriage, what's going on with your kids, what you're doing in this social setting, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sorry, honestly, just to beat this dead horse, if you're not aware of yourself and how you function, then you're just gonna be caught with no energy units or a depleted social battery. And y'all, that's just no bueno for everybody. <laughs> all right, I need to move on. Now, with all that being said, we're at the end of this episode and don't you worry, I didn't forget, we have to end with a bang and do the big question now. So if everyone could collectively clap with me on one, two, three. And let me just preface, sorry, it's low hanging fruit, but the question is, what is your biggest energy unit expender in your day? And on the other side, what can you pinpoint as your energy gainer? So think about that and go ahead and actually right as this episode's ending, just go ahead and give the Insta a follow so we can chat about it because I would love to hear your thoughts. But gosh, okay. Love y'all so much and thank you for tuning in today's episode and I look forward to the next two episodes, which will be one from my doctor friend where it will probably be titled something like what you are too nervous to ask your OB and then I'm also going to have my final sister-in-law. So this is from the Duffy side. I only have one sister-in-law on that side, but I'm going to have Lily on and y'all will love her. It's very exciting. We have a lot of fun things to talk about in that episode. So lots of fun things to come. All right. Love y'all. Bye.